What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Tuesday, August the 1st, 2023. It is episode 166 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernier Show. You'll get this episode long. Episode. Speaking too fast. Doesn't come out well. You'll get this episode along with the 165 prior. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe. Coming back off a bit of a hiatus. Last pod was prior to the Haskell. And I went on vacation with my wife and my daughter last week. So got a little bit of a reset in there. 13 days roughly since the last pod. And on top of the timing, I knew the Jim Dandy was coming up last weekend. We had some big racing out west. And we are leading into the Whitney coming up on Saturday from Saratoga. So this is going to be a little bit of just kind of going back, talking about my thoughts on some of the things that have gone on and specifically how they pertain to the three-year-old males and more importantly, the Breeders' Cup and the Breeders' Cup Classic as a whole. And speaking of the Breeders' Cup, a word from our friends at the Breeders' Cup. We are thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. Saturday features the older horses with the Grade 1 Whitney from Saratoga, a win in your in for the Longines Classic, as well as the Clement L. Hirsch from Del Mar, a win in your in for the Longines Distaff. Additionally, all entry fees for the winner will be covered in a $10,000 award to the nominator. Be sure to stay tuned to In the Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. Again, Breeders' Cup and the win in your in series heating up. These are the dog days of summer, but this is really when the rubber meets the road as far as the Breeders' Cup is concerned. So the Haskell comes and goes. Go Rocket Ride wins. Mage a good second. Everyone else, I guess Arabian Night, fine enough considering the layoff. But, you know, tap it trice, leave something to be desired. Extra Anejo, not good enough. Then we come to the Jim Dandy, and I'm not even going to get into the DQ, non-DQ thing. That's been well, well documented, and, and frankly, I don't really care one way or the other. But in terms of the horses themselves... Sure, you know, Forte and Saudi Crown and, and Angel of Empire, they all earn roughly the same figs. 105 buyer, somewhere thereabouts, 104. Go Rocket Rider to 100, Mage 98, something like that. And I, I suppose you can look at it and say, well, this is the time where now they are ready, at least one of them, all of them, a few of them, who knows, are ready to improve. They're ready to take that step forward that I talk about all the time with the summer three-year-olds, Saratoga time, Del Mar time. This is when you need to see that forward move if you're going to be viewed as a legitimate contender for a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic. And why this all ties into this coming week with Cody's wish in the Whitney, I'm again voting for the top 10 for the Breeders' Cup Classic rankings throughout the season leading into the Breeders' Cup event itself. And I submitted the exact same top 10 this week that I did the week following the Haskell. I didn't make any changes. And I'm going to rip through the top 10, acknowledging that one of these horses will no longer be on the list going forward because West Will Power has been retired following a training injury. So I'll just omit him and slide everyone else up. I had him third. But my top 10... For the Breeders' Cup Classic, or top nine, I guess. 
I don't think it's all that interesting. I do have one horse that I'm sure many folks would disagree with. I believe, in fact, I don't think he's in the top 10 based on the last. So I just got this email today. He's not in the top 10. So he has less than 47 votes overall. Uh, My number one is Cody's Wish. My number two is Other, that being Smile Happy. Talk about him in a minute. Three is now Archangelo. Four is Mage. Five is Go Rocket Ride. Six is Forte. Seven's Arabian Night. Eight is Rattle and Roll. And nine is Angel of Empire. Let's start with the older horses. And if you participate in Horse Players Happy Hour and you watch and listen along to the simulcast or the podcast version of it with PTF and JK, PTF and I recorded something a little bit earlier. We touched on this, so if you play on Thursday or you listen, you'll hear a little bit of this back again. To me, Cody's Wish is on an island right now. Assuming he handles two turns, which I have no reason to think he won't, and assuming once we get to that point, he can handle a mile and a quarter, I don't think anyone's that close. I think... It's not quite to the flight line extent last year. And I'm not comparing Cody's wish to flight line in terms of ability. But in terms of the the separation between he and everyone else, it's not quite that severe. But I, I I don't personally believe it's that far off. I think Cody's wish is on a different level than these other horses. And granted, many of the horses I rattled off are three year olds. But that inherently for me is the the crux of this division this year. Smile happy. I'm I'm inclined to just completely ignore the Stephen Foster. Now I get it. He's a bit of a bit of a nut job. Does what he wants. If he feels like running, he's going to show up and run a hole in the wind. If he doesn't, he might be lucky to crack the board. But I kind of look at if I'm thinking of the classic, I want to know I'm basing it off of what I think your absolute best at the moment is. And I think Smile Happy's absolute best is only behind Cody's Wish in terms of route horses that are classic sort of pointed, classic bound, however you want to phrase it. And that's also why with the three-year-olds, to me right now, Archangelo, a combination of because he is so lightly raced, what he's already done and the thought of, you know, if if the Arrowgates are anything like their dad, he's only going to get better. That's why I have him at the top of the three-year-old list right now. I've Mage just in behind him. I've got Go Rocket Ride just in behind them. And then I have Forte. And I know Arabian Nights' name popping up probably makes people roll their eyes. But, I, you know, it was a big ask. I know Baffert's the king of the Haskell. That was a big ask for a horse like this to show up in that spot against those horses, go as fast as he did early, and still be able to hang on for third. So I think he could improve. Rattle and roll, I think, is a little bit of a grinder. And I don't think that's going to work at Santa Anita. I think he's going to be the kind of horse that, if you're looking for an underneath type, he could absolutely fit that bill. I just I have a very difficult time seeing him win a race like the Breeders' Cup Classic. And I like him a lot. 
and I'm starting to get to that point also with a horse like Angel of Empire. I just, I picked him in the, the Derby. I picked him in the Belmont. I think he's among the best of that group right now. But I think that is my larger takeaway. Going back to the comparison of Flightline to everyone else last year, Cody's wish to everyone else this year, primarily these three-year-olds, I said it to PTF when we wrapped up. We we had just finished recording that little bit for Horse Players Happy Hour. I said to him right before we signed off, I said, to me, it's kind of the same thing as if you think of if you think of the NFL and a quarterback controversy, or I guess even college doesn't really work because some of those teams are so rich with talent. But let's just say the NFL. If you have a quarterback controversy between two quarterbacks, and it doesn't really happen with three, but if there is, if the jury's out about which one of your two quarterbacks is the better one, in all likelihood, you don't actually have a quarterback. Because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that muddy, it shouldn't be that gray. It should be rather clear who, you, who the best of the best is and kind of who the backups are. And with these three-year-olds right now, I mean, if I just, off the top of my head, go back through the final round of preps. So we had Forte. We had Tapatrice. We had Angel of Empire. We had Kings Barnes. We had Practical Move. I was about to say Practical Joke. You go into the... Tri- oh, and we had Two Fills, who has been retired. You go to the Triple Crown, we had Mage, we had National Treasure, we had Archangelo. We go to the, hell, let's throw the, throw the Matt Wynn in there. You had Disarm. You go to the Haskell, you've got Go Rocket Ride. You go to the Jim Dandy, you've got Forte in a three-way photo with, yes, Angel of Empire, but also a horse called Saudi Crown. So if you have this much parody makes for fabulous betting opportunities it makes for really fun exciting races it does lead me to question if you've got this many do you have any if they're all this competitive how likely is it that all of them are really good if they're all this competitive isn't it more likely that they're all kind of meh and if I think you've got a proper star in Cody's wish, one of these three-year-olds is going to need to step up. Because if they don't, I don't see any of them defeating him. And this is the time of year where the three-year-olds can jump. The Travers, if it doesn't happen in the Travers, it has to happen in the Pennsylvania Derby to me because then you're really up against it from a combination of timing and seasoning. I... I think if you don't see, and, and I'm also saying all of this, knowing that the Jim Dandy, the figs were, were 105. I mean, just at, at first glance, just on numbers, that's a solid effort. Mage already has a 105 in his back pocket. Uh, Archangelo's got a low 100. So the figs that they're earning are very respectable, given the time of year. It's time for, respectable's not going to be good enough to beat Cody's Wish. Now, if you're someone that doesn't believe Cody's wish is going to 
I don't want to say get better, but if you don't think he's going to maintain this form the longer the races go, then it's an entirely different conversation. But to me, if, if I expect him to show up and run his race, regardless of the distance, that means that one of these three-year-olds needs to really take ownership of the division, in my opinion, anyway. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you're looking at it or whose team you're on and this, that, and the other, I don't think there's any older horses that you've really got to be terrified of. Smile Happy, again, when he feels like running, I think he is extremely talented. Rattle and Roll, very good. Beyond that, I don't... What I saw out at Del Mar in San Diego, not terrified of any of them. If Go Rocket Ride decides to go in the Pacific Classic, he's probably the favorite. On the heels of that, I like Senor Buscador. I think he's actually a very good horse, an underrated horse. I don't look at him and think of him as a P-Classic winner. Never mind a Breeders' Cup Classic winner. Defunded, I've just never been that impressed by him. I think he's kind of common, especially in terms of the horses that Baffert's had over the years. I mean, he he can't crack the top 25. Uh, beyond that, is there somebody I'm missing? Uh, Taba, I have no idea if he's still... Uh, what his story is. He would at least be a an interesting kind of addition to the group if you want to talk about the Phillies I, I guess Nest and Clarier but they're they're just going to run in the distaff I can't imagine either of them would point to the classic so to, to me it, it kind of boils down to it's Cody's wish for the older horses beyond him Smile Happy's A plus game I think is pretty damn good better than I think a lot of people think it is but that's not dependable. And then the three-year-olds. If you've got this many, do you have any? That would be my kind of takeaway. Maybe maybe it's a, maybe this is still prime for one of those three-year-olds that we have not really talked about. I mentioned it to, to Fornital when we were talking. He's offering up some prices for the Travers. And I I don't know if I've said it on here. I know I said it on FanDuel TV before when I was talking to Todd Shrupp. And I was down at Gulfstream playing in one of the contests. I was on air with, with Scott Hazleton. And I bet Scotland in his debut for Mott. And I loved what he did there. I, I love all of his races. I know the Curlin was a soft pace and kind of a merry-go-round. But if you needed a, a bit of a wild card... I'd throw his name in there. I think Scotland is extremely talented. I think he he's a gelding, which is refreshing. Assuming he stays healthy, he ain't going anywhere. Um, I wouldn't rule him out as a Travers contender. And by the way, say he shows up and wins the Travers, then what? These three-year-olds just continue to take turns in the limelight. So it's not that I'm, I'm, I'm not down on this group. It's just in terms of the big one, I think they've still got quite a bit to to prove, and and Cody's wish, frankly, hold serve, bub. That's it. Just hold serve. I, I don't need you. I don't need break points. Just just hold serve. You're gonna win. Unless someone does something crazy. Now Pete was bringing up that another horse that's that's listed, or thought of anyway, potentially for classic talk is Paddington. 
Paddington's going to run tomorrow morning. I'm recording this on Tuesday night in the Sussex at Glorious Goodwood. He's going to take on Inspiral. She's nice. I guess if he wins, maybe he is. And and I guess going back to, you know, the the big one for O'Brien that has sort of eluded him for a long, long time is the, the Breeders' Cup Classic. And let's just say these three-year-olds more or less, you know, maybe a couple of them improve a little bit. The others kind of stay stagnant. Let's say this group more or less gets to the beginning of November as is. Let's say 100 to 105 buyers. Good horses, not great horses. Let's say Cody's wish. Let's say he's winning, but he's not winning as brilliantly as he was at seven or at a mile. And let's say Paddington stays on track. Whether he wins this race or not, or he go, you know, they kind of reassess things and they say, we're going we're to go to the classic. We want to run on the dirt with him. This might actually be the year to do that. This might be the year to do it because aside from your, if your leading hope right now is to this point a one-turn miler, I, if, if I'm anybody from around the world, you're probably looking at it going like, what the hell? Let's take a shot. I don't know what the Japanese plan on doing. Ushpa Tesoro or Derma Sotogake or, you know, any of these kind of horses, uh, I think uh, T.O. Canes, I don't know if he's still in training. You know, that whole group. Don't don't sleep on them, especially if we don't have any giant improvements. We saw what they did. Granted, that Santa Anita Derby has come back, and it is something to just file away from a handicapping standpoint. Kind of the point that I'm making with these three-year-olds. If you've got a blanket finish, on dirt specifically, how likely is it that all, let's say, three horses ran excellent races, is it more likely that they did that or that they ran subpar races? And Santa Anita Derby, in hindsight, not great. Mandarin Hero was kind of a C-stringer from Japan. He almost won. That should have been the tip-off. And to be fair, practical move, you know, he hasn't come back. But by and large, that race, not great. So who knows what Japan may or may not send let's hope everyone stays healthy from here on in and we get to see maybe some of these horses take leaps and bounds forward and really kind of prove themselves tap a trice who knows maybe he gets his act together gets his head screwed on right and shows up you know i'm i'm dubious but i just i think this is a i think this is an interesting division Aside from Cody's wish, assuming he does what I expect him to do and what I think many people expect him to do. Hold serve and go on with it. So that's kind of my view of the Breeders' Cup Classic right now, anyway, and the three-year-old division. Um, I will say, if Elite Power... If Elite Power continues on like this, and granted, he had to run his eyeballs out in the Vanderbilt to go and get... Gunite. If he holds serve, he's going to, he's going to be very very hard to deal with in the sprint again. Now, having said that, I've got to go back and make sure I don't screw up his name. But what was the thing that ran a hole in the wind for the the three year olds on dirt up at Saratoga? He was flailing on his left lead for the longest time. Uh, New York Thunder. 
110 buyer speed figure for Jorge Delgado. This is the first time he had ever foot, set foot on dirt. He's four from four. He's won on four different surfaces. Gulfstream synth, Gulfstream turf, Woodbine synth, Saratoga dirt. I don't know if this is sustainable, but if, if he's a 110 buyer, yeah, New York Thunder's a player for the Breeders' Cup sprint, and he's going to make Elite Power earn it. The sprinters I saw out west, this is more of a blanket statement, and it's it's going to sound like I'm, I'm shitting on just an entire group. But, I, you know, for the kind of the marquee divisions out west, I'm just not that impressed with anything right now. I don't think the older horses are any good, uh, relatively speaking, as far as grade one proper high-level talent. I, I don't think their dirt sprinters are particularly good. You know, I do think Phil D'Amato is fantastic with the turf runners. And I, I don't think I would totally discount them for some of the bigger races, especially being at home. But just in some of these other groups, it's just like, man. I, I guess, is FaZe still in training? I don't even know. But you would think she could possibly throw her hat into the ring for the distaff division as a three-year-old, but I don't, I just, I think the, the racing out West right now leaves quite a bit to be desired in terms of elite talent. The racing and the gambling product is exceptional. It is so much better than what New York has right now. I think the only thing that is close in my opinion is Kentucky. I would probably give a slight lean to Kentucky because they run more days and for the product to continue to be this good speaks volumes. But right now, Southern California and Kentucky are absolutely electric. Uh, you know, not that New York is bad, but compared to those two, I I, I would be I'm more interested in, in looking at Del Mar and Ellis right now than I am Saratoga in terms of gambling opportunities. I just think they're far, far better. The, the races are, are not just bigger in terms of size but the the depth of actual contenders uh, I, I think the from a gambling standpoint those products have been fabulous lately so just a, a thought on on that group feels like the east coast has got the quality the west coast has got the quality from a gambling standpoint the good news is the breeders cup it doesn't make a difference we're gonna get the best of the best and we're gonna end up with great betting products for the most part be curious to see how the rest of the season unfolds with some of these turf divisions and things of that nature but uh, all in all that's kind of my two cents on on how things have gone over the past couple of weeks nests return very good not terribly surprising tactically she's always going to have the upper hand on clarier i think they both ran the way that you would have anticipated them to and going forward you know i think the focus will really become the two-year-olds there have been some outstanding performances really in all jurisdictions with the young horses. And I'd like to think that that's going to continue and, and those divisions will be sort of the, the, the new shiny toy for these other groups where, all right, you're starting to know, you're getting familiar with these names and who this is and who that is and what they're good with and what they may struggle with. The two-year-olds this time of year, this is when they really start to, to blossom and, and come into, come into focus. And we're going to start to see grade one racing with them as well. So, 
Uh, let me know thoughts, comments, questions beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Um, again, apologies for the uh, the delay in the pods going up or the length of time between the two. But again, was on vacation with the family last week. We went uh, about three and a half hours north of where I live in Maine. We were up there. We were up in the Bar Harbor area. Uh, at uh, and We went through Acadia National Park, beautiful area. And uh, now I'm back home here for the rest of the month, through the month of August. My next travel will be to Kentucky Downs for their uh, brief but always fun, always fun meeting. Great gambling opportunities, great just if you've got a horse that has any kind of turf ability for the money that they're giving away down there, you, you should certainly check it out. The FanDuel meeting at Kentucky Downs. And then uh, I'll be, be here, there, and everywhere. Got a trip to Woodbine. Got a trip for the Pennsylvania Derby. Then to Keeneland. Uh, we'll have a Breeders' Cup trip in there out to Santa Anita. And then a few weeks at Churchill Downs through Thanksgiving before I relocate to South Florida for the Gulfstream Park meeting from December through April. So looking forward to that. Again, questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions, whatever it may be, beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter, at Bernier underscore Matt. I will be back again. I don't, you know, I'm not going to put a time on it. It should be sooner than later. I don't know that it'll be this week. Might be the beginning of next week. So much of it also depends on my schedule during the week for FanDuel TV. I'm on Monday through Fridays now while I'm home, as opposed to sort of the Wednesday through Sunday when I'm on the road. So uh, that throws a bit of a, a tweak into things. And I've got the, the kids got swim lessons, 15-month-old with swim lessons. It's just more a matter of make sure that she's not terrified of the water, which is not the case with my kid because she tries to crawl headfirst into the ocean, which is very comforting when you see that. You go running after her, picking her up and getting her out of there. So neither here nor there. Uh, best of luck this weekend. If you're playing the Whitney, you're playing anything across the country, be sure to check us out on FanDuel TV. Uh, and again, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 166 of the Matt Bernier Jump.